Spinebuster Sports presents Poetry Corner with Socks Sanchez. I come with that Oloco style from my vocal. Couldn't peep it up with a pair of bifocals. I'm no joker. Play me as a joker. Be on you like a house on fire. Smoke ya. Crews be acting like they gangs anyway. Be like, warriors, come out and play. Yay. Burn me. I get into shit. I get it out like diarrhea. Got burned once, but that was only gonorrhea. Dirty. I keep shit stains in my drawers so I can get fizzy funky for ya. Murder. Taste the flame of Wu-Tang Rar. Here comes the tiger versus the Krang. I'll be like wild with my style. Punk. Play me like a chump. You get dumped. Who is coming through at the theater near you? You get funk like a shoe. What? And that was Poetry Corner with Socks Sanchez. Spinebuster Sports presents The Feast, hosted by Socks Sanchez. Hello everybody, welcome to The Feast, brought to you by Spinebuster Sports. Socks here looking hairier than ever. Pound cake looking sexier than ever. Damn right. Just want to thank ODB and Wu-Tang Clan for that wonderful poetry session. Today's episode, we're going to feature some Detroit Lions talk. Talk about the Monday Night Football game between the Lions and the Packers. Talk about the Sunday Night Football game between the Packers and San Francisco. We're going to talk about some bullshit Kyle things with the Notre Dame football and his Green Bay Packers woe is me talk. Uh, talk a little bit about what's coming up in Detroit sports. We'll talk to the hand. Kyle, how was your week? Good week, Sox. You know, I uh, got some big wins on the football field and uh, pretty happy right now. You know, Notre Dame got a big W against Wisconsin on Saturday, and then uh, Green Bay finally seemed to show up and play four full quarters of football against a pretty good team and come out with a victory. So, how about you, Sox? How, how's things in Sox's I, world? I, I, got, I got a couple things I got to bring up real quick. I got a couple bones to pick with you, but before that, um, here's a question for you. How do people and scientists come up of what noises dinosaurs make? Like, just, we have this perception of T-Rexes stomping around and roaring all this stuff, right? But, like, what if he's doing, like, what if he's a speedwalker and he comes up to me and he's like, meh. <laughs> Let me eat you. Meh. And then, and then gallops away. Like, how do we know? Yeah, another quick thing about dinosaurs too is I never see any wieners on them either. So how how did that, that how did that work? Yeah, it's very interesting philosophical questions that you're asking today, socks, about uh, dinosaur wieners and whatnot. You know, that's the correlation of how my week has gone. And then number two of my problems of the week is you know everybody gets excited about hocus pocus fall weather, pumpkin spice, Halloween, Count Chocula, Count Chocula Jason. Frankenberry. Frankenberry. Uh, how about the fact that it gets dark at 745 and how depressing that is? 
Yeah. Is that really worth it? No, it's the worst thing ever. Only decent thing is that it tricks my daughter into thinking that it's time for bed, but other than that... Yeah, it tricks me into thinking that it's time for bed. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Getting old blows, bro. Yep, so anyway, to the points of the bones I had to pick with you. Kyle, how long have I known you? Probably close to... 15 plus years now, right around 15 there. 15 plus years. And a couple episodes ago, we talked about woe is me, Green Bay Packers, woe is me, Notre Dame. I think every episode we've talked about woe is me, Green you Bay s- Packers, woe is me, Notre Dame. And I'm very disappointed in myself that you sucked me in to your bullshit. <laughs> sucked me in to your woe is me, my teams, and they're going to turn out to be great teams, and they're going to be like, hey, motherfuckers, my teams are sweet. Look at us win all these games now. And what did I say? Okay. I may have overreacted a little early about the Green Bay Packers because it does seem week like one they may have figured some stuff out. You saw that game. I yeah, but you still had the Lions. No, and that's fair. Uh Notre Dame, I'm still not completely sold on and think I I, I didn't watch I, that game. As a as a twenty five year plus Notre Dame fan, I still say to this day they are gonna disappoint me at some point this season. Oh, yeah, it started with Ron Paulus. Yeah, <laughs> they did. It started Boston College, 94. Yeah. Yeah. The Golden Boy. Yeah, but, you know, they looked pretty good against Wisconsin. That was a hard-fought game. The fourth quarter, the doors kind of just right. flew off. Like, that's more I – th- I thought that game was more of a 24-20 game than a 41-13 I, I, game. I, I, looking, based on talking with you, I, I agree with that. But they're 4-0. Yeah, they are 4-0. Uh, big test this week against Cincinnati, the Saturday in South Bend. Uh, you know, that tends to be a letdown game for the Irish. We shall see. I'm hoping they, if they play as good a football as they did this last week against Wisconsin, they should be able to win that game. Well, maybe if they get Rudy in there and do a nice little speech, they, they may come on top. Hey, man, you know, uh, Tommy Reese is the offensive coordinator. Oh my God. Anything could happen. Great. Where's Bob Davey when you need him? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Hey, coming up next, we're going to recap some Detroit Lions and Green Bay football. Once again, we appreciate you listening. Please spread the word. Give us feedback. We love you. The Feast on Spinebuster Sports. Enjoying The Feast? Please like us on Facebook by searching Spinebuster Sports. And also, please subscribe on YouTube. Appreciate your support. Welcome back, everybody, to the feast. Brought to you by Spinebuster Sports. Once again, socks here, cake over there. What up, everyone? We're gonna go into talking about a couple weeks ago, week two, Monday Night Football between Green Bay and Detroit Lions. Socks, it was a good game, man. Like, it was a good first half. Yeah, great first half. You know, Detroit really came out uh, controlling the line of scrimmage in that first half, moving the ball down the field without many problems. Uh, they ended the first half up 17-14. You know, Green Bay didn't seem to have much issue running the ball up and down the field either. Um, and, you know, going to the second half, Green Bay scores right out uh, the second half. Detroit. As I bitch about fall weather and pumpkin spice, I'm going to sit here and drink my white chocolate mocha. Yeah, right. Uh, Detroit, you know, I believe that was their... They went forward on their uh, Green Bay's 25 on 4th and 1 and didn't convert. Green Bay went down 
scored another touchdown, and then it was the next play after that was when Goff fumbled the ball in the first play from scrimmage for that possession, and Green Bay took some time, scored another touchdown, went up 28-17, to 17, and that was pretty much it. Lions seem to have some problems moving the ball after that when you're trying to pass the ball, especially when your leading receiver is your running back. Or your tight end. Running back, tight end, one-two, baby. Yeah. Um, with the Lions, you know, I appreciate the fact that we have balls and we're going for it in these weird situations because we really have nothing to lose. Yeah. But you can tell, talent-wise, the depth that we do not have based on that game. You know, we, we were there. We were right there with you. It's like the pieces are of the puzzle are there, but we're missing the edge pieces and we're missing that depth to get us through the game. Yeah, that's going to be the main thing I think you see for the rest of the seasons with Detroit is Detroit is being coached well. The game plan game plan is correct. It's just when it gets right down to it, they just don't have the talent to keep up with some of these teams for all four quarters. You know, and as we go into we talked going into week three, I'll talk a little bit about the reaction of the loss against Baltimore coming up, which that's a whole other Sox issue. Um, but their their emotion after their game, you know, if this was last year's team, the thing I notice more now is they're still positive and they still have belief in their team. You know, if this is Patricia's team last year, we'd be. It, we'd be more on, we'd be on fire like yeah. we were last year. You know, the attitudes, people not wanting to play, not wanting to do their parts, things like that. So I think moving forward for the Lions, you know, I think there's some good things there, but we we need some talent either on defense, like as we talked about, the secondary. Um, we need definitely some weapons on the outside eventually. You know, the one wide receiver that we signed that had a track record is in concussion protocol. So it's you know with yeah. Hawkinson and Swift. But going back to Green Bay, you know, as long as the three-headed monster of Rodgers, Jones, and Adams click on offense, you know, their defense, they're going to be, they're not going to be spectacular, but I think they can contain and hold their own. Yeah, I think you saw some of that last night with the San Francisco, Green Bay-San Francisco game. But, you know, actually be able to slow down a running game and... You know, Aaron uh, Jones is receiving the ball, catching the ball well. You know, if Adams gets his 10 catches for whatever... You know, and then Aaron Rodgers is going to do what he does, and here we go. Yeah, and they just need everybody else to kind of play roles. I think a lot what we saw, too, at least last night with the San Francisco game, was them switching up the offensive line. Uh, they started their, uh, like, third-string left tackle last night. Was it Runyon? Or is he playing guard? I think he's playing guard. That's the University of Michigan, by the way. Uh, but they started their sec- third-string left tackle last night. It seemed to help. They double-teamed Bosa a lot to uh, – Try to alleviate the pressure off Aaron Rodgers. What I talked about that first week was up to down from head coaching to coordinators. They did not prepare. No. You can tell that they they have taken that part of the game seriously because they were prepared last night. Yeah, they absolutely. Against San Francisco, I San should Francisco's say. San Francisco is not a bad team. You know, uh, they, it were only two years removed from them being in the Super Bowl. Yeah, then they're going the right direction. Yeah, and they're in their prime. They're yeah, they've got a great. You know, they're making sec- a great defense. Their secondary issues. Secondary's having some issues. And Injury-wise, yeah. They had some issues with uh, running back. But, you know, they have a quarterback that protects the ball. They have another, what could be a stud quarterback waiting in the wings. They have some good young wide receivers, a great tight end. 
you know, a great defensive line. Great front San seven. San Francisco's yeah. no joke. And for Green Bay to come out and, you know. Prime time. That beginning of that game, Green Bay goes up 17 nothing very quickly. It looked like they were going to walk away with it. But San Francisco made the most of ending the first half with a touchdown by Trey Lance. And then opening the second half with a touchdown and bringing themselves right back in that game. Uh, you saw San Francisco move the ball a lot better in the second half. You know, Green Bay, you know, San Francisco scores with 37 seconds left, and that's enough time for Aaron Rodgers to march down the field and give Mason Crosby is clutch. He loves being in that position where he, the game's on the line for him. So Well, and Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's when he's in it to win it, like his attitude this offseason for me is was kind of up and down and bogus. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about, you know, a couple weeks ago, saying if he's all in it to win it, with not only himself but his team, and if he's engaging his team and supporting and rallying for his team, like he was when you know for that field goal, he was on the sideline, like engaged, wanting to win that game. They're gonna be dangerous. Yeah, he's dangerous. He's a he's a dangerous motherfucker. Yeah, when his head's in the game, he does. He wakes up every day feeling dangerous. Yeah. So once again, Lions took a turn to the worse. Um. Next up on the feast, we'll be talking about a little bit more week three. We're going to talk about some of the 3-0 teams. We're going to recap the wonderful finish between Baltimore and Detroit once again and talk about my woes and how my woes are going to be way more accountable than Kyle's woes. That'll be next on the feast. Once again, appreciate you listening. Listen to us on iTunes. Listening to us on YouTube? Hit the subscribe button. Welcome back, everybody, to the feast. Brought to you by Spinebuster Sports. Spinebuster Sports. Spinebuster Life. Spine, okay, that's pound cake. I'm Socks. Talk about some Week 3 football. Let's talk about some of these 3-0 and teams. We have the Las Vegas Raiders. We play the game of which of these things is not like the other. Yeah, we're, go- we're going to yeah so talk about So anyway, Vegas, Vegas is 3-0. and Denver is 3-0. and Carolina Panthers are 3-0. and the Los Angeles Rams are three and zero, and the Arizona Cardinals are three and zero. Out of all those teams, which one are you expected to be there? We can just say the Rams now, right? Yeah, their de- uh, their defense is gonna top to bottom, left to right. Yeah, their yeah. defense is gonna and having now having Stafford, I think they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna have a great season. Matt Stafford has proven one thing this year, and without a shadow of a doubt, he was never the issue in Detroit. Well, yeah, I've been telling you that for y'all. Oh, that's a whole nother, that's a next year, next episode, Grind Your Gears, Socks. Shut up, Kyle. Uh, the Rams look good. Arizona. Arizona is another one that we've been expecting them to the, look like this for the last couple of years. The division's wild. Yeah, and they finally uh, tightened up that defense, had yeah. some pieces that they really needed. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is no joke. Baby Yoda is. Baby Yoda <laughs> is doing some moving and shaking. Shorty Spice is getting it on. <laughs> so uh, great start for the NFC West. Carolina. We talked about a little bit being sneaky on defense. They're coming through. Uh, Sam Darnold is playing great quarterback play. Now there's an issue now with my homeboy McCaffrey pulling up pulling a hammy out a couple weeks. It sounds like. But, chuba, 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 chuba. but they have a great identity there. They yeah. have great wide receivers, and Anderson hasn't done too much yet. But once he can unload and go deep, it's just going to help support DJ Moore. Um, their pass rush is great. They're playing great defense. I don't think they're still going to be anything spectacular, but I like how they're 
you know, the teams they've won against have been the Jets, um, Houston, but they did beat New Orleans. Uh, yeah, and I do, uh, real question I have is, What's more impressive, Sam Darnold without Adam Gase or what Peyton Manning did with Adam Damn Gase? Damn it. I was going to bring that up because I was going to trump you with your whole Adam Gase bullshit. <laughs> I was gonna, well, you know what Peyton Manning did? However, Peyton Manning was his own offensive coordinator anyway. Yeah, Peyton Manning made the decision. Funny story, funny story. When he was with Indy, his offensive coordinator was Scott Mitchell's offensive coordinator when he had his career year in Detroit. Of course it was. So bing, bang, bong there. Uh, another 3-0 team out of the or excuse me, AFC West is Denver. How do you feel about Denver? Denver's got a great defense. I think uh, that's what's keeping them in games. They have a quarterback down in Teddy Bridgewater that can uh, manage a game for them. A good one-two punch at running back. Now they severely lack in the wide receiver category right mm, now. They have Patrick. They have Patrick and Sutton. And then you get Judy back. You're, there's a three-headed monster. I don't and, know. And you have Judy back? I don't know, but you have no fan. Yeah. I the, my concern there is they've beaten the Giants, they've beaten Jacksonville, oh, yeah, and they've, they've beaten the Jets. Yeah, those teams have. So I think that games. I think that's still. I, we talked about the AFC West being pretty tough too. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think that's a little premature to see if they're going to be something spectacular. Yeah. Lost Vegas Raiders, Kyle Gruden putting some of that magical pixie dust on our boy uh, Derek. Carr. We talked about if Derek Carr was going to be. Chucky's boy, Apparently and he is. he is letting him do Derek Carr things of being wild and throwing deep, and I freaking love it. Oh, yeah. That's the way he should have been. That's the way his brother should have been, even though he got sacked 800 million times in Houston. Wait, when Carr keeps playing, oh, I think that's Ruggs down there. Why don't we just see if he can catch this? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to throw it as far as, why not? He's the fastest guy in the league besides Tiger Kill, probably, right? No, yeah, and I don't, like, it's working for them. And they're doing this without Josh Jacobs. Paint Barber has been a man yeah, these last two games. Yep, defense is holding their own. Uh, they have great wins against um, Baltimore. Baltimore. They beat Pittsburgh. Who else did they, they beat? Dolphins. Yeah, the Dolphins. I put yesterday. the Rams down for some reason. But, yeah, they played the yeah. Dolphins yesterday. Dolphins are still one of those teams right now. I mean, without Tua... You didn't know what they were going to be with to and now you have Brissett being Mr. Backup quarterback playing on every team ever, trying to get you to the playoffs. I think um, we got to be we got to start being on the lookout for the Deshaun Watson watch in Miami. Yeah, something's got to happen with that noise for sure. So moving forward, those are the three and O teams. The teams that I have concern with right now. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's like I said. The abominable snowman behind the behind the, the offensive line there. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger, I think is done. He's done for. Bro. I feel he's like, washed up. I feel like the only ball he can throw is a bubble screen or his own balls. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I deep concern there. You know, after the whole Bell and Antonio Brown departure, I just felt like it was going to go down the tubes real quick. I thought if they would have kept that core together, even even though that Bell struggled in New York. And Brown had his weird ways. I think if they all would have stuck together, yeah. something could have happened there. I think one of the issues that we're missing out on is just the deterioration of their offensive line. You know, they had retirements, and it's not the same offensive line they've had the last couple of years. Their prime was, like I said, their prime was five years ago, and now they're getting yeah, past and, it. You know, they had a little rejuvenation at the beginning of the last year, but Ben couldn't stay healthy. You know, he just come off a season 
where he didn't play almost at all and got healthy and then just couldn't stay healthy for the entire year. And you're just going to see it get worse and worse and worse as he can, continues to play. And I think last year could have been different if they would have had Harris last year. Yeah. You know, Connor did his part, mm-hmm. but, I, you know, it's just it's a different approach. Yeah, and it's, you know, Harris got those young legs. Mm. Well, and he's that, looking good. He's that, he's catching on. And their mo has always been pound your ass, play great defense, and then Ben can throw the ball. Well, now Ben can't throw the ball. Now you can pound the rock, but yeah. you know you have these wide receivers that can go downfield and you can't get the ball to them. Issues there. Yeah. It's only a matter of time before Dwayne Haskins era begins in <laughs> Pittsburgh. Great, can't wait for that. Actually, I can't wait for that. Bring on the uh, What about the Seattle Seahawks in at one and two? Well, I told you they were going to make the playoffs. Losing, losing to two, Minnesota. Losing two, the last two games in the second half. You know, they came out with a very impressive victory week one, and then they've just kind of come out flat in the second half of the last two games and not done much. Titans, you know, they're a good team. Um, however, Minnesota, not so sure. They lost to Cincinnati, right? At Cincinnati, or did they beat Cincinnati? No, they lost to Cincinnati. Yeah, and they they show they were home against Seattle. Cousins doing his part. They didn't they didn't even have Delvin Cook. Yeah, which is crazy. No, but Madison played his role very well. You know, is Seattle throwing the ball? You know, they only ran the ball eighteen times yesterday against Minnesota. Carson had twelve carries. What has Seattle's been? You know, we we talk about everybody's mo and things like that, but when we when people gonna understand that as much as how sexy it is throwing the ball, and that's what the NFL is right now, that if you're pounding the rock, you're gonna win games. You control the tempo, you're gonna win games. That's what I liked about Detroit yesterday against Baltimore, and we'll get there in a second. Is the time of possession is what kept them in the game, kept the other team's offense off the field. Yeah, no, that's fully. The Vikings' defense is garbage, but you have Kirk Cousins throwing the ball wherever he wants yesterday. Just run the ball, keep him off the field. Coming up next, we're going to talk here about Detroit and Baltimore. Appreciate you listening. Joining us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, you dirty hairy. Welcome back, everybody. Sorry for the quick cutoff. I had a bathroom emergency. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the feast. Brought to you by Spinebuster Sports. Man, it stinks in here. It's stinky. We're in the pound cake studios. <laughs> Snake smells. Snake smells. Back hurts. Moving forward, week three, Detroit and Baltimore played. I brought up several minutes ago about the woe is me. In Kyle's life with Green Bay and Notre Dame and how, how rough he's got it right now. Nothing compares to being a Lions fan. You know. Let me just go on record to say that right now. Kyle texted me yesterday before the final drive of Baltimore. Word for word, he says, hey, Baltimore is a Super Bowl pick, right? And all I respond is, it's week three. And what do we fucking know? They go down, fourth and 19, convert that. Was it a 66-yard field goal? 66 yards, but don't forget about the no-call delay game. Yeah, so just another point of Detroit Lions history of getting boned. Delay game should have been called to play before that. Not a call. Okay, okay, things happen. You know, it's part of our culture anymore. Kick a field goal. Not not only does the field goal go in, the field goal hits the freaking upright and then bounces in after the fact. 
Only Justin Tucker. Only Justin motherfucker Tucker <laughs> can fucking do that to the Detroit Lions. Like that, it's if he would have made it clean, like it'd be like okay. But the fact that it happened like that, on top of the delay game that wasn't called, on top of the fact that we were running the ball decent, we were controlling the ball decent, time of possession, we kept Lamar Jackson off the field as much as we can. Yes, it's Detroit Lions. Yes, they're not. They don't have the talent, but they're like I said those. Those edges, the coaching staff and the scheme and the people buying into what Campbell's doing and all the coaching is doing right now is a good thing. Watch some of those press conferences of Goff. He said he was trying to make a point that this is the biggest gut punch in my career, but then he had to reflect on the fact that we've been Detroit Lions fans. For, you know, since We haven't won shit since 91. Yeah. We haven't won anything since, what, 57 or 53 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. He kept saying, oh, this is a big gut punch to me, but I can't. You guys have gone through this so much, and but they still have spirits. They still have, hey, you know, it just wasn't our time. You know, we're gonna go back at it tomorrow. I love that. Like, it's a culture change. In a huge culture change. And I just think that you know, once we get the talent there, and once we flip our roster even more, get people that he wants. You know, we might not have the biggest names ever on our roster, but I think we have the right scheme and the right staff that if we can get these B plus players and turn them all into buying into something. It, it's gonna be a fantastic ship to ride. I I agree. Like I can't disagree with that. I, it, you know, Detroit it just inventing new ways to lose football games. Unbelievable. Like unbelievable. And it was funny because Sox was a hundred percent truthful. Like we we were texting during the final drive of that game. I kept saying, "I'm like, man, we have so many awesome awesome things to talk about this week yeah, on the show." Way to pick Baltimore as a Super Bowl winner, you <laughs> being a bitch. <laughs> Literally, that kick went in, and I was texting Sox, what the hell just happened? And Sox was texting me, I told you so. You know, it just, you can't, until that clock says zero, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we're up by 38. It's just amazing the way Detroit finds and invents new ways to lose football games every single year. But, now, with putting that behind us, this, what I saw yesterday was a football team in Detroit that we hadn't seen in years. Well, a team that didn't ro- roll over, that played four quarters of very, very tough football against a team that, like, should win their division. And, like, uh, last year, nobody would have given the Lions a chance. Like, the Lions themselves wouldn't have given themselves a chance. But with the new coach, the new... There's front, new confidence there. There's new confidence. Like, I even as a Green Bay fan... Watching the Lions right now scares me for the future of the NFC North because Green Bay is definitely, after this season, probably on a downslope with some changes coming, looming in the offseason. Oh, yeah, and my team is, team is, well, is my, my team is struggling. Whoa. Hey, if we win the Super Bowl this year, I don't give a shit, like I said. Yeah, and I'm going to hear it all day long, and I'm going to talk so much oh, shit I'm about good. how. You're going to uh, get a half a mushroom stamp if we win the Super Bowl. We, this year. Week one, we were awful, and then we played the Lions. Oh, yeah, we played the Lions and turned our shit around. Told you. Uh, I think we played the San Francisco 49ers, turned our shit around. Like, like I said, hey, there's called things called stepping stones. You can't do it all at once. That's fair. Can't do can't do it all. But, but back to but back to your point with Detroit. Once we get the talent there, you know, like I said, the 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 culture change, the scheme, the positive attitude. Even though it was a tough loss, the guys are still. The next step is attracting free agents to Detroit. That's the next step. The next step is drafting the right pieces. Well, no, for sure. Like that's, but that's always been part of the process. But then that, that's what that's what the, my point is. We might not get the 
the most prolific stars, but we're going to get people that we're going to want to play for Dan Campbell. And if you get those people, that's high energy, great technique, you know, maybe get some snags on the cheaper side for some of these players that can get, you know, just above their potential because of who, who they're playing for. Mm-hmm. That can go a long way. You know, we start getting that depth, you know, building that secondary and getting a piece on, at a wide receiver position. Bring the noise, man. No, it, it, everything you said is 100% true. And I will not, back to your point of talking about drafting Detroit Lions picks, I will not spend three years in a row drafting quarterbacks. Because last time we did that, Kramer, Pete, Andre Ware, all set. Yeah, right. I don't blame you for that one. Same thing with wide receivers, but you're going to... Oh, I forgot about that stretch, too. That was wonderful. I, I mean, you guys made the right pick this year. Sewell, Sewell is obviously the correct pick. You guys made it. I congratulate you. I'm Good happy. Job, Detroit Lions I'd for like, finally I, making the correct pick. But my favorite part of that, too, is they had him at right tackle. They moved him to the left, and he's nailing it. No, at left, back no, to his natural position. Didn't play football last year. He hasn't given up a sack since, what, 2018? Not in all his realm of playing football, love it. Yeah, and they're. <coughs> Detroit's building the right way. They're building it in the trenches. And you know what it reminds me of? When the St. Louis Rams, who were one of my favorite teams back in the 2000s, the Kurt Warner years. You know who the start of that whole that whole dynasty. You know who they drafted number one overall from Ohio State, Orlando Pace. Left tackle. Now, if Detroit can just find a guy stocking shelves to play quarterback, we everything can, should be great. We can only hope. We can only hope. Ron Paulus is out there somewhere. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back with some NCAA football. Yay. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. The Catfish Blanco Recycling Center. We kick all the boxes. Men and Ranch Strip Club. It's healthier than depression. Ron Caputo Meat Tenderizer. I beat your meat so you don't have to. Welcome back. Socks here to the feast. Cake over there to the feast. Hey, hey, hey. Brought to you by Spinebuster Sports. Hey, girl. Talk about NCAA football. Ooh, yeah. Big weekend NCAA football last uh, weekend, Socks. You know, uh, we'll cover the garbage uh, of it first. Michigan State wins over Nebraska 23 20 in overtime. Nebraska did a really good job of shutting down Walker. Michigan State. Uh, yeah, shutting down Walker, shutting down Reed. Uh, MSU needed a Jaden Reed 62-yard punt return for a touchdown to tie the game up to send it to overtime. Special teams is part of the game. And then uh, Chester Kimborough interception in overtime puts Nebraska Nebraska out Saturday night in East East Lansing. Michigan State stays undefeated, winning 23-20. Next up. Getting closer to that October 30th game, Kyle. (laughs) Do you know who MSU has next Sox? I don't remember. The Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Oh, my homies. Your homies. Uh, interesting note about the game. MSU had no first half, first down conversions, and they only converted uh, one third down the entire game. That's just interesting stat. Hey, you yeah. still got to win out of that, and hopefully they can make game plan adjustments. And, you know, it's good for the state of Michigan with Western winning. Central, I think, is doing okay. Michigan football, Michigan State football. So Michigan. Yeah, no, the, the state of Michigan's looking really good. The right Lions now. can get their shit together. We be yeah. all set. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Western, they defeated uh, San Jose State. San Jose State, twenty-three to three on Saturday in Kalamazoo. Uh, I believe San Jose State won the Mountain West last year. They're you know a good on that same a good team on that level of 
WMU. You know, we've seen WMU come out and play some good teams this year. You know, uh, game against Pitt. Game against Pitt. Getting a win against Pitt was huge for them. And uh, them dominating in this fashion for a team that just won their conference last year. It's a good, good win for Western Michigan football. They traveled to Buffalo next for a tough in-conference game and opened their MAC schedule. And It'd be nice to see them win the MAC. Yeah, shout out to uh, my main man Taco doing all the athletics, athletic things for WMU football team. You know, getting those guys taped up, doing all the fun stuff, and keeping those fritter wraps flowing out of Main Street Pub Portage on a regular basis. We appreciate you, Taco. Thanks, Taco. Uh, Socks, you want to talk about you want to talk about U of M football? Kinda. Um, played Rutgers. Run game was a little bit more stagnant this time around. Yeah, that's uh, kind of expected out of Rutgers' defense. Yeah, Rutgers looked solid in the second. I mean, Shiano's a good coach. It's, no, it's it's good for them to be back at it. It's actually the one thing that when people talk about Rutgers that they always keep telling me is, well, Shiano's back. Shiano's back. Shiano's back. I mean, he's, he's made back. a difference. He was actually almost gonna be Michigan's coach. You know that? I did not know that. He was gonna he was gonna sign that he backed out, and yeah. then that's when we got Rich Rod. Oh, well, that's good for you guys. Thank God. Yeah. Anyway. Um, damn you, Denard Robinson. Yeah, damn you, shoes. Shoe lace? Shoes? Laces. Because he didn't know how to tie his shoes. Anyway. <laughs> um, Michigan football, you know, we were throwing the ball pretty pretty well. Uh, defense made some decent plays. It wasn't the best game we've played all year, but my saying is a win's a win. We'll move forward. Yeah. Going on to Wisconsin. It'll be an interesting game next week against Wisconsin. Kinda um, was hoping Wisconsin would beat Notre Dame to because every time we play a team that's ranked, it's like same thing with Washington. They lost. So okay, now we put in a lose lose situation where now we're playing Wisconsin. They just lost Notre Dame. If we beat Wisconsin, they're like, well, you know, they just lost. But, we're a good team regardless. I know, like, but you know how the media like, is. Like I, mean, I said, that score of the Notre Dame Wisconsin game is not indicative of what happened in that football game. That game was close for three quarters. But we wanted Wisconsin to win. Well, yeah, but Wisconsin, the Wisconsin football plan is going to be the same as Michigan's football plan next week. It's going to be run the ball up the gut as much as possible and try not, and hopefully you don't have to throw the ball. Yeah. But, you know, Wisconsin held Notre Dame to like nine yards rushing on Saturday. So, uh, who is it, McNamara? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's going to have to throw the ball. I told you, he's going to have to do it at some point. Yeah. And when he has had to do it, he's been like. Last year, he came in in relief against the Rutgers and brought Michigan back to win the game. So I guess he has done it before. He just hasn't done it this year yet. Yeah, I mean, he just – the only thing that worries me, he hasn't done it this year yet, you're right, is he hasn't attempted more than 17 passes in a game yet. No, and which is great. No, I mean, that's good. That's what Michigan wants. But, but we both know there's going to be a point where he's going to have to throw the ball and he's going to have to throw the ball to win the game. Yeah. And so – when we get to that point, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, it it's nice having Michigan and Michigan State be relevant this year. You know, it makes my life a little bit easier when it comes to uh, work. You know, having something to talk to and not just having to hear complaints from disgruntled Lions fans. Now I got some happy Michigan and Michigan State fans running around, you know, wanting to talk football with me. And I'm the disgruntled Notre Dame fan, even though we haven't lost a game yet. So it, it kind of makes me want to go get hammered drunk with KB and CB and talk Michigan State and Michigan football just to see how it goes now. 
don't do that at my bar, please. I'm going to bring it all to your bar. Oh, my goodness. Well, Notre Dame-Wisconsin was Saturday. You know, it was a very, like I said, very close game for three quarters. Um, Wisconsin took a 13-10 to lead with a touchdown in the third quarter, kicked off to Notre Dame, and that's kind of when the wheels kind of flew off. Notre Dame went 98 yards for a kickoff return for a touchdown to make it 17-13. to And then it, four Graham Mertz interceptions later, Notre Dame rolls two pick sixes. Notre Dame rolls 41-13. Like I said, this game was not indicative of the final score. It was a very hard-fought game. Uh, both teams' defensive lines did very well controlling the first half. There was a point in the second quarter where Notre Dame had held the ball for 15 minutes to Wisconsin's five, which is just very weird for watching a Wisconsin game because that's Wisconsin's MO. Right. Um, but we had a little help uh, from backup quarterback Drew Pine coming in, going six for eight for 81 yards and a touchdown to bring Notre Dame that victory. And I'll be back uh, on the pine. Yeah, it will be. Jack Cohn will be back starting this weekend against number seven Cincinnati in South Bend. That should be an interesting game. You know, it's a top 10 matchup. I think a good amount of people should be there for that. And the next it, the next four weeks for Notre Dame football will be the test of the season. Yeah, because we go Cincinnati. Home against Cincinnati. At Virginia Tech. Yeah, which has been, you know, Virginia Tech's not ranked, but still a solid football team. USC is always a, just, a, it's a game, it's a rivalry it's game. A rivalry. And then... One of the most disappointing teams in the nation, in North, North, Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah. But then, you know, he, then he got Navy. But, uh, we still have Virginia yet this year, too, which they always put on a good team. Like One thing with being Notre Dame is we're, a lot of teams pointed us at their schedule as being their biggest game of the year. So everyone brings their A game against Notre Dame. Yeah, because they need to be in a conference. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we make the rule when it comes to that. So Garbage. <laughs> But, but they do play Georgia our, Tech, too, yeah. who beat North Carolina. Look yeah. out there. Who also lost to Northern Illinois. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, like, you know, Sox, the one thing, not being in a conference does hinder Notre Dame a ton. Uh, we don't have that final conference championship week. It'd probably be harder. You know, we have to go undefeated to be considered for the playoff. Fun fact about Notre Dame is they have the same amount of playoff wins as the Detroit Lions since 1991. So that's the point of the time where we move on from this segment. Uh, we didn't really technically do a talk to the hand. Well, I think our whole like the whole show this week was more of talk to the hand. Yeah, it's gonna be talk to my hand to yeah. Kyle's face right now. Yeah, that's not talk the only to the left because you know you right, Kyle. It's not the only thing. It's gonna be talking to your hand. I'm sure. So um, <laughs> just <laughs> moving forward. This upcoming Wednesday, Detroit Red Wings. That was a masturbation joke. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Norm. <laughs> Um, moving forward, the Red Wings do start their preseason game against Chicago on Wednesday. For yeah. the Detroit Red Wings, I should say. We should, uh, actually, we got our Red Wings season preview in two weeks. Two weeks. Next week, we're wrapping up the baseball season with our Tigers. That'll be a quick segment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, in all seriousness, you know, it sounds like the Tigers are going to do a nice splash in the offseason. Uh, Vila is a goofball. We'll see what happens. I'm, I have a lot of faith in A.J. Hinch, as long as he doesn't cheat anymore. Um, but more to talk about next week. Um, now we're going to move on to typical Pound Cake Palace of pro wrestling talk. It's Professor Pound Cake's pro wrestling That's what we're talk. doing. Professor Pound Cake Palace. 
as I informed everyone last week on this wonderful show that I'm sure you all listen to on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube. I'm still... Whoever are for, whoever in Belgium that keeps downloading us, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks Belgium. I love your soccer team. <laughs> but we talked about AEW Grand Slam. It was last week from the Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York. And did AEW put on one hell of a show. They opened up... The show with the match we all wanted to see. It was the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, versus the greatest thing since sliced bread, Kenny Omega. Instant five-star classic. Mr. David Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer even agrees. Best match on U.S. soil in almost 10 years. Opened the show, tore the house down, 30-minute time limit draw, pure wrestling at its finest, and... Like I pointed out last week to everyone, Sox, this was pay-per-view quality wrestling for free on television. And we just don't see that anymore every day. And to show you the contrast, last night, WWE had their Extreme Rules event. Do you know what happened in the main event? Oh, we're back from our (laughs) short conversation with Liz Vaughn, friend of the show. Shit show. Yeah, shit show. That was live looking on the Eagles game with Liz. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem to be going well. But um, as we were talking about, AEW Grand Slam, it was great pro wrestling for free. And then we got into the Extreme Rules. The So the main event of Extreme Rules last night was Roman Reigns versus the, and the ring, Finn the, Balor. The ropes came apart. Yeah, and the ropes came apart when Finn Balor was getting ready to hit a special move with that great booking by WWE. There have been some rumors swirling around on the Twitter that say the only reason that the rings broke or the ropes broke was they couldn't sustain Finn Balor's huge dick. Oh, Jesus <laughs> That's actual tweet I saw today, but like I've been saying for weeks, you know. Um, let me let me cut you off real quick. Great five star match, like you said. I didn't watch it. However, they set the bar high with being that the first match of this whole epic thing they're gonna do. Hopefully with them. Maybe get a three-way match with CM Punk one day. That'd be ultimate goal for me. Put the bar as high as me on a Sunday sitting at your house. But I hope this turns into an hour-long Iron Man match. And I know we say these things out loud, Sox, because me and you still believe to this day that there's someone listening to us when it comes to pro wrestling. There should be somebody listening. But I think, Sox, what we're starting to see is like the main difference between the two, between the AEW product and the WWE product, is... AEW is ran, run by a fan, and he wants he wants what all of us fans want, and that's good pro wrestling. Like Vince claims that he invented pro wrestling and made it what it is today, which in many ways he did. And like the contributions that he made to professional wrestling are unmeasurable. But yeah, but he's got Tony Khan. He, but Vince Vince has got to be fresh. He's not fresh anymore. No, because the same old 80. shit. Yeah, he's 80. Brock Lesnar. Roman Reigns. Cool. Goldberg. Sweet. Yeah. Oh, The Rock Rock might come back. Look out. Oh, man. John Cena with his new haircut. Oh, I wonder if Triple H is going to wrestle WrestleMania and lose and put somebody over. Oh, you think The Undertaker has one more match left in him? I hope so. Oh, my goodness. But, no, I think Tony Khan, having a fan run the show has been a great thing. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the future of professional wrestling now that we have some real competition for WWE with AEW and I think we'll see a sharp turn in 
AEW already by hardcore pro wrestling fans is being considered the top right. in the U.S. Now, WWE will kill them in sales, and it's a family product and everything, but AEW is doing something different, like we saw in the Attitude a- Era. A.O. is about the money, even though it is. That's true. All right, Sox. Next week. Next week, ending the Tigers. You know, turn them left. Turn left with NASCAR. Don't forget about turning left with NASCAR. I believe we'll have another Sox's Poetry Corner. I hope so. Next week. I hope so. Once again, we'd like to thank the late ODB and Wu-Tang Clan for that nice lyrical session. Thank you. Did I have another rant? Oh, did you? I don't know. We went to rant about socks. We got time. I don't know. It's just not coming to my brain. We talked about dinosaurs earlier. That's yeah. still bugging the shit out of me. Yeah. I bet you they all had high-pitched voices. <laughs> Come here, you guys. <laughs> Walking around stilettos. <laughs> The pterodactyls are like, yeah. I, I just don't understand. Ah, let's go. Yeah, f- there's no, no, and I completely agree. There's no scientific basis to say that we know that they roared. It's just based on what we saw in Jurassic Park. Right, and like I said, what if like, uh, you know, like I said, T Rex. They meowed like cats. That, that, meow, that'd be awesome. Meow. I'm gonna make a dinosaur movie, and that's gonna be meow. all the voices that I think they have, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna make a lot of money, and it's gonna called Socks Park. <laughs> uh, in all seriousness once again we'd like to thank everybody for listening tuning in giving us feedback texting us when we're upset with kyle's pro wrestling list thank, yeah thank you for all the feedback we get mostly from florida and hot dog neck we're we're, we're still disappointed that the stone cold stunner is number six yeah well number six in my list and number one in your hearts i guess one-winged angel is a better move. Like, we can go over this all day long, but, like, cool. Like, you, you know what You know what the Stone Cold Center is? It's the 90s leg drop. Mic check. To my point, let's say, let's say somebody besides Stone Cold and somebody besides Shawn Michaels are doing the super kick and a stunner, which is going to be more... I said the Shawn Michaels pick was more of a homer pick anyways. I'm sorry. He's my favorite wrestler. Which is bullshit. This whole, this whole, this is rigged. <laughs> well, just because I'm a Lions fan, I'm getting Sox. crapped on. Sox, you know what we didn't think about? This well, episode five. It is a fifth? One, two, three, four. Fifth. Oh, that's my episode. High five. <laughs> hey, we made it this far. Once again, we appreciate all your support. Tune in next week. We'll talk about some Tigers. I'm sure we'll recap week four of the, both, uh, NFL, and then we'll talk about some Michigan-Wisconsin game. Yeah. Talk about, hopefully, Notre Dame, Cincinnati. Notre Dame imploding. Um, MSU Western Kentucky. <laughs> hopefully, we, we do another, hopefully, we could do another talk about what was me Packers, something like that. And we get all wrapped up in Kyle's emotional wigging out and then see how they're rolling. You guys love me. And you oh, love me being the bad guy in this podcast. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Kyle's turning heel and I'm going to turn face. So oh. please become the. I've been waiting to heel turn for quite some time. Please become a fan of the Dirty Harry Sanchez fan club. Yeah, find us on. Facebook. I want to talk about, too, one disappointing team that I forgot to mention. Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with uh, trading for Carson Wentz. Broken ankles? Yeah, Carson Wentz equals garbage. No, I thought that. You think they'll give Philip Rivers a call at midpoint in the season? I would love for them to give after Phillip After Rivers he's done coaching, yeah. like ring, ring, ring. After he's done taking a team to the state championship in his first season as a head coach. I would, I would say if they can get up to 500, Philip Rivers might get a phone call. Yeah, you know. Um, download us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, 
Find us on YouTube. Find us on Facebook. Find Buster Sports. As always, he's Sox Sanchez. I'm Poundcake, and this has been The Feast. Hey, it's dark out. Sucks. Buster Sports. Spinebuster Sports. Hit the buttons, you nerdies.